G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and those who are going to bring value to your draft Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How are you, mate? I'm back, Hef. Why are you back? Uh, you we mean- had to get rid of Zanks. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant you're back in like because you dominated the home draft well, league did, for the, for the first I, time in years. So you're finally back. So I'm yeah. finally back. But no, I'm back on the pod. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I forgot you even left, to be honest. I didn't even notice you were gone, to be honest. No, but uh, nah, I was kidding. I, I, you know, I gave you a few cheap shots last week because you I missed gave me you. more than a few cheap Because I missed you so much. Uh, you know, I had to give something back. And just to let you know, I was thinking of you. And that's my way of showing affection, Kay. That's, that's how our friendship works. It was a marathon, works. you two. What's wrong with that? It was, a, it was a big week. Like all the other pods really had big weeks just because of all the, uh, the, uh, the amount of content we had to get through. So it was understandable. We're pretty much on the on the par with everyone else. How I think many, we had the longest one though. How many remedies did you get through for that? We only had, only had the one because I only put one in the fridge because I didn't really expect it to take as long as it did. I've seen you drink like three or four in one sitting in like a one and a half hour pod. So I don't know how you got only one in. That's a lie. I've never drank more than one. Actually, no. Sometimes one time I drank two. Uh, that's about it. I only ever put two in the fridge. One for you, one for me, mate. We, we, we don't have a lot to spare that here, man. That diminishing. So you've no, also been drinking I, a lot in your spare time. In fairness, uh, some of that was actually meant for Doss because Doss was meant to spruik on his um, channels this season that he's not doing a lot of. But now he's back with the uh, the Point of Difference podcast. So wow. maybe nice there's a bit segue. of remedy in there. Yeah, that was a pretty good segue, actually. Um, so yeah, the, the hashtag pod pod. Um, the POD pod, maybe that's the better way to, to do it. But uh, yeah, that came out last week and uh, we don't know, it might be a, a short-lived thing. Um, we, it was a bit of an experiment to see how it would go, how it was received. And it was actually pretty well received by our listeners. So it might be back, it might not. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Well, I actually listened to it, uh, you know, because I'm just worried that, Hef, you're trying to get rid of me and that <laughs> you're just basically auditioning either Doss or Louis to come and fill in this uh, second seat here. Is that, is that true? No, nah, well, those guys make me um, like look shit. Like, you make me look good, so it's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, actually yeah. fine to have you on the pod. I'm definitely not getting rid of you, mate. I'd, uh, you make me look like a genius, so it's fine. <laughs> I will say that those guys... That, that was very – I really did enjoy it. For a guy who genuinely doesn't really like Fantasy Classic, uh, they did have some nice takes on some different players, which uh, I enjoyed as a, as a um, Keeper League player. So, um, hopefully they do stick around if they can. I, I enjoyed it. All right, Kay. So, what are we doing tonight? Rightio. So, it is basically Christmas Eve Eve for the footy finals – for the footy season, I should say. So, the season kicks off on Thursday. We're recording Tuesday night. So, what we're going to do is obviously a lot of people had their home draft legs on the weekend or their, you know, whether it's keeper league or regular league. So, uh, we're going to go through our home draft leg results, kind of pick through each other's picks. Um, you know, maybe talk about a few interesting picks that were made during the night and kind of maybe even just run through where we're thinking our teams are at this year, at this stage this year after uh, – after the draft. So, interested in getting your thoughts on some of uh, my players and definitely giving a shit about some of your picks. <laughs> and then after that, we'll go through some uh, some of our predictions. We're going to make some predictions, some bold predictions for mm-hmm. the for the season that uh, swear it's not ripping off any of the uh, Draft Doctor's hot takes. I swear. It's, Don't uh, know what we're not ripping about. off that segment. Yeah, no, they're called bold predictions. Kays doesn't listen to any other fantasy no. podcast, so he, he can't be ripping everything <laughs> That's off. That's actually so. true. I think you don't even know if Kays actually watches football, to be honest. So. No, no, no. <laughs> I just check Ultimate Footy every now and then to see what updates. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, let's get stuck into it. All right, the home league draft results. So uh, we went through a few weeks ago. Oh, sneak a little remedy secret sound in the background. Whoa, it's uh, frothing up. Jesus, it's like a bottle of champagne. You spraying it around the spraying around the room case. Stop did, it, man. I did give it a bit of a shake up there, just to uh, get the sediment off the bottom. But there's uh, a lot you know, of uh, expensive good. equipment in this room, man. You shouldn't be spraying kombucha around the room. I don't think that your carpet's that expensive. But you're I'll, celebrating. You're celebrating, bloody. Uh, you, you draft too hard, mate. You've got, to, you've got to calm down. It's like being on the podium at we'll, the Formula One. That's we'll, how excited I am. We'll go through yours. Uh, I don't know if. Uh, 
other many other people would uh, think the same way, but we'll have a wait and see. But anyway, I'll discuss the league. So um, basically, we have twelve teams and we have sixteen keepers. But what's unique about our um, I guess I guess our list our um, teams are that we have rookie lists. So basically, with our last six picks of the draft, you can take um, a, an additional six players that you can keep on top of your keepers, or you can keep up to four of them mm-hmm. on top of your keepers in one way or another. So For two years. For two years, yeah. So um, basically, yeah, they they're the shit of picks at the bottom of the list, but often you quite you hit a few gems in there as well. Mm-hmm. So there was twenty three additional players kept this year in our rookie list. So that kind of goes to show that there's people worth keeping uh, down there. So I worked it out. There was a total of two hundred fifteen players out of the pool when we started. Mm-hmm. So this should actually give people like a, a good, um, I guess, a deeper draft perspective of some of the players that are going to be available. You know, when it gets to plus two hundred um, type players and things like that. So we'll go through our draft picks. Um, We'll critique a few of them and then, uh, yeah, we'll talk about some of the um, other good draft picks that were taken in um, the draft and things, players that we thought were interesting were taken in interesting spots. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll go through mine. So, yes. um, I didn't have it. Should I write, say first pick or should I say seventh pick or overall? Pick. All right. First pick, Carl Amon. Then uh, second pick, Damon Greaves. Third pick, Zach Fisher. Fourth pick, Andrew McPherson. Uh, fifth pick, Liam Ryan. Sixth pick, Connor Downey. Seventh pick, Cam Rayner. <laughs> uh, so was that six or seven? I don't even know. Yeah, seventh, seven. uh, seventh. So Charlie Cameron's eight. Jack Ross, nine. Riley Bond, 10. Miles Bergman, uh, 11. Robbie Tarrant, 12. Devin Robinson, 13. Tom Williamson, 14. Uh, Finn McGuinness, 15. And Mitch Georgiades, 16. Um, I'll go through my rookie draft as well. So we had six picks in the rookie draft, but I had one elevation. So I'm um, sorry, not one elevation, one retained. So I retained one on my rookie list, which was Will Day. Um, and then the five other picks I took were um, Archie Perkins, Logan McDonald, Luke Edwards, Lewis Butler, and Sam Hayes. This is my third Ruckman because I've got all the Port Adelaide Rucks. Rightio, let's get stuck into this critique then, All right. Effie. Yep. Rightio. What's your, so, first, what's your first critique? I no, think I know what it's going to be. I'll just quickly go through most of them because, oh, yeah. you know, we've got to be a time tonight. So, look, Carl Amon, absolutely zero issues with that. I had him on my list of- <laughs> One listener in particular did, but we'll get to his yeah, question well, later on. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so I, I had pick eight, so a couple were ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. uh, I had Carl Amon, Carl Amon in my top eight. Yep. Um, so, no dramas with that. I think he's in for a good season. Uh, Damon Greaves Graves however you want to say it this week uh, did you stretch too early Hef did you go too early is my only thing with him I might have gone around early but my issue is I didn't have a third round draft pick mm-hmm. and I wanted him so I kind of had to take him there yeah, to, to reach him. yeah yeah now so, he did. I was just looking at his scores. What he had fifty three or forty six percent game time. Yeah, so, so good PPM. My issue is he might not be twenty two, but yes. I think with him, I like. I've got enough players I've picked up that to fill up my squad that I'm going to have a team each week to play. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to pick, and I think I'm probably the, the two teams at the top of ladder. I think are going to be very very hard to beat this year. Oh. So I didn't feel like going for you know the tried and true type players. I wanted a few more speculative sites. So by the end of this season, I'm hoping some of these players are best twenty two types, and you know just players that give you a bit of excitement for the year. Someone like you know how Dylan Stevens kind of did at the end of last year, and not superstars, but enough for you to actually keep into the next year with a bit of potential going forward. That's kind of like the players I was chasing in this draft. All right. So, my question for you is, what do you need to see from Graves, Greaves this year to make him a keeper next year? Uh, well, best 22 by the end. And just to basically continue his either 
I guess his scoring prowess that he's had in last season. So I'd be expecting if he can, like, I'm not saying he's going to play each week, but when he plays, he should be good for about an 80, I think. But, but I don't think he'll average 80 because he'll obviously have a few down weeks. So I just want to see, like, maybe four or five 80 plus scores throughout the season towards the back end of the year. And that's what I'd be happy with. We've got a big reach there, listeners. Uh, Zach Fisher, next pick. He yep. went bananas in the uh, the uh, Amy series game. Did that sway your opinion to take him in the uh, the fourth round of the a draft? L- a little bit, because I think he's best 22 at Carlton, finally. And he'll be a forward for life, I think. So, um, and he can score on his day. Because we saw even at the end of last year, he had two or three games where he actually, the, the thing is, he was actually allowed to push up the ground and play a bit more in the wing, which we saw in the um, the NAB League, uh, whatever you call it, the Amy mm. Series game. So in those games, he does score very well. I'm just hoping that that role can maintain. Am I sceptical that that role can maintain? Yes. Yes, I am. But if he can get it, then he's going to score well. So a couple of years ago, uh, our league mate took Zach Fisher with the third pick of the draft after yep. a hot JLT series and regretted it from the minute he picked it up because Zach Fisher, <laughs> I don't think, scored over 50 uh, in yep. 2019. Any worries about being, again, a little bit of history repeating? No, nah, well, he was injured for a lot of last year, I think, as well. So he was kind of taken back a little bit. Showed some like reasonable signs in it last year, like I said, when he had the right role. It's just when he played up forward, he was a bit more quiet when he was stuck up forward. But I think the game, I'm hoping the game is going to be a bit more open and they're going to use a lot of players in different positions um, mm. this year. So I'm hoping that kind of maintains from the the uh, Amy series. I keep calling it the NAB League. The thing is like, only having one game and seeing how different the game looked. Now, you know, I'm no spring chicken. I've been around a while. Every year, the Amy series looks different or mm. it doesn't look how the season does by, you know, round four when teams are trying to just save percentage and put players behind the ball. Now, the question is, can they do it with these new rules? Now, because a player can't move off the mark, there's always an overlap runner coming or they can hit a short 45 and, um, you know, keep the ball moving through the corridor instead mm-hmm. of just bombing it long down the line, locking it up stoppage and then traditionally inside midfielders then do their work and that's why they score so well. So, like, I'm a bit sceptical. I do think it will come back. I think coaches will work out a way to stop that run, but... I don't know if they'll be able to stop it completely. So I don't think it's going to be as bananas as it was um, in the in the preseason games. But I think there's a chance we could see a few of these kind of outside types, um, you know, your halfback flankers, your wingers, your half forwards getting involved in these kind of short kicks because they can actually, you know, get the ball moving, you know, you know, these chips over the top or these run through, run past handballs to improve their scoring. Yes. Well, I think Fisher needs a bit of luck, but I think I'm not. I'm happy on the aim, and I'm not too sure on the next two. But you know, yeah. that's uh, that's what it's all about. Andrew yeah. McPherson, I think, is a pretty solid pick with your fourth there. Yeah. Well, he looks like he's going to play Rory Led's role. So, and uh, as if you did listen to the Pod Pod Dos and uh, Louis were both pretty keen on McPherson this year, so I think they might. Your group chat might have swayed you with that pick. There. I was standing next to Dos, like frothing over him <laughs> like, at the game, at the ground. So yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Are we going to see a McPherson video then? Uh, oh, could do. You have to think of something that rhymes with it and a good tune that goes with it. Uh, go on. Yeah, I can't help you there. Uh, Liam Ryan, I think, is a solid pick. I think he's actually going to be a very uh, consistent forward this year. So Liam Ryan is like going to score the exact same as Zach Fisher. Probably but- more. Nah, I don't think so. The thing with Liam Ryan is just a good streamer. Like you, you have him on your bench. Hopefully, he kicks four goals and then you know takes a heap of marks and then you can bring him on. The problem is that West Coast play a lot of Sunday night games, which does kill you a bit. Yeah, well, they play every second Sunday mm. basically, or sometimes they play Saturday twilight a fair bit as well because the time difference. Yeah, well, that's the only issue with the streaming. But yeah, this still I think it's a good pick. I think it's a very very good pick. Yep. Connor Downey potentially in line for a debut this week, which is uh, exciting. Yeah, I I wanted someone who's going to play, but and someone is a first round. Like so they didn't have any kind of um, first year players. So I wanted to get one in and because like Golden and that went quite early. And the thing with our league as well, like Golden and um, Campbell and uh, Powell all went in the first round. Mm-hmm. And the thing with our league, like because we keep 16, like 
the best teams in the comp just keep stars. Like they keep yep. the top, like, you know, players that are all inside the top 100 and they keep just topping up on these players as well. So if you, it's really hard in our league to actually keep these younger players unless you're like keen to have two or three years down the bottom. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I didn't go through them because I feel like I'm not this year, but I might be one or two years away from having a tilt. So I felt like if I was going to take one of those younger ones, like uh, they need to break out within the thir- first three years. Which is always possible, but I'm sometimes sceptical, especially on this draft crop that hasn't played a lot of footy in the last year. That's all. Now, there were 11 people in the house on Friday night. <laughs> Here we go. And 10 of us all simultaneously spat out our remedy kombuchas when this pick came you through. You actually didn't. It was silence. This I can recount it word for word. So, what happens is I picked up Cam Rayner. I'll explain how, but I was busting for a piss. Drunk. No, again. I, you were I drunk, drunk again. I drove home. I was busting for a piss. Don't tell the cops that. <laughs> <laughs> I had my kid uh, the next day, so I was not drinking. Um, well, I had, I had about four beers for the night. But anyway, um, so I, kn- I was busting for a piss. I moved Charlie Cameron to the top of my pre-draft rank. So, you mm-hmm. click the bottom up. Yep. And then I didn't realize what I did, but I had somehow gone back to the overall ranks. And because Rainer had slipped down this far, he was at the top. Mm-hmm. And I just read C, B, L, like the C initial, B at the end, F. My brain just doesn't read the full word. And I clicked on Cam Rayner instead of Charlie Cameron. So I was just, and then I'd only realized when I got up and Zank said something to me, he's like, why'd you pick Rayner? And I was like, what? Fuck. And then like, yeah. And that's what everyone spat out there. Yeah, really pretty much. But, but I think my people thought it must've been like I was stashing him for next year or something. Cause there wasn't actually like a, well, I was waiting him gasp. to slip to the Rocky, the rookie draft. Yeah, that's why I was okay. annoyed. Yeah. So you screwed up my plan there. Yeah. Well, you know, you can have him come out me a trade. I don't, I don't think it's like awful around then. Like, I guess the, the fact that the crowd, the room didn't react as much as I thought they might've, if that pick was taken then, um, might mean that he might be good value next year if he does show something in the preseason, but he's going to be a long way off. It's going to be pretty hard to hold on to. He won't be a 16 person. I'm just hoping year. someone is super terrible at the end of next year and just needs a forward, any forward and well, we'll take yeah. him. I suppose no one was that <laughs> shocked because you just still thought you bombed your draft again, but you know, <laughs> again, uh, but, uh, who finished second? Wait, wait, wait. Charlie. So, what I finished, I finished third, coming from second to bottom to third on the back of my draft last Listeners year. Listeners aren't interested in any of this <laughs> I background had, I story. I picked up some superstars last year. Uh, anyway. Charlie Cameron, solid pick, almost kind of like uh, Liam Ryan, who's just shown that he's, uh, you know, trending upwards slightly, but also super consistent. Oh, we'll these guys just him. play every week, yeah. and there's a, there's a chance of going consistent. big. And yeah. when forwards are um, thin, I think they, I think both yeah. uh, Ryan and Cameron are good picks. Jack Ross could show a bit, uh, just needs to get some game time. Not sure if it will happen yeah. this year, but uh, you know, never, never know. Riley Bonner is he best twenty two or anywhere near it? Well, I don't know. The media best twenty twos came out and he was on a wing, but mm. I don't believe that myself. Um, the only thing I'm thinking is again with these these rule changes. Watching him down at uh, no longer over what a bloody great stadium. Um, watching him down there, he was one of those players that really benefited benefit from his opponent not being able to move every t- time they took the mark. And just the way they moved the ball out of defence, it was generally you no know, mark. Overlap, mark, kick, short kick, mark, through the corridor. Like Port loved to play through the corridor. So the rule was really suited for that. Mm. Um, it, he was really was a beneficiary of that. Now, whether he's best 22 or not, I don't know, but it generally depends on when the Burton's fit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we know Burton's injury history. But I think there's another guy um, who I picked next who might be breathing down all of their necks as well. So mm. now I know Miles Bergman is your, you're going to have a hot take on him a bit later. No, it's a strong, <laughs> what is it called? Bold opinion. Bold opinion. No, bold, bold predi- prediction. Bold about- prediction. Got Bold prediction on Miles yeah, yeah. Bergman. Bold prediction. But uh, look, just looking at him, um, he looked like a likely type. And I know that you can't take uh, one of your ex, um, your one of your ex colleagues, K's, uh, Kane Corns, mm-hmm. uh, he used to work in the studio with, um, one of your best mates. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> he uh, he said 
And his generally gets port things right. He said that Miles Bergman is a lock for round one at least. Now, I know you may think that it's a bit of a salary cap hype, but it is. It is, is a little bit, but a lot of the salary cap world isn't thinking he's even best 22 at the moment. But the thing is, the way he played, and I know it's against the Crows, but the way he played is that kind of running halfback type, took a few marks. He just didn't look out of place at all within that side. Um, I think he's got good potential, that's all. And, you know, I'm picking up in the 28th round or whatever. It's, yeah. it's fine. Uh, I just would have liked to see him slip to a rookie draft no one's, personally. Yeah, it's, it, no one really is going to. But I know I get what you mean because that rookie draft is basically the only way you can keep young players if they slip that far. Correct. So, yeah. That was my annoyance. Uh, Robbie Tarrant back, pretty solid. Um, you know what you're going to get there. Dev Robertson. Now, are you likely, are you thinking he's actually a chance to play this year? Well, he's, he, I reckon he's a chance to play this year. Whether he becomes a regular or not, that remains to be seen. But yeah, it just, it depends. Depends on injuries, all that sort of stuff. Like we've seen Rainers out now, so there's probably a spot in the midfield going through. Whether he gets it, I don't think he does. Uh, not initially. But the fact that he was what? He was one of the best players at the Under 18 Championship. Mm-hmm. He was the captain of his state and an elite fantasy scorer um, at an age level. Coming worth into his second punt. year, it's worth a punt. Yeah. And then he's got four status too if he gets it too. Uh, Tom plays. Williamson. Okay. Another guy will play. Just, uh, you know, bit of depth there. Yeah. Tim McGuinness, uh, borderline best 22, but he's close. Has shown some glimpses. I liked picking like a few of these players just in shitter teams as well, like knowing that they're going to play a a bit, like, you know, McPherson, um, Fisher to to an extent, but, you know, Tarrant's going to play every week. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Finn McGuinness, again, for Hawthorne, is a good chance of cracking to the side at some stage. So, yeah. And I do like your last pick. I'm a big fan of the big Mitch Georgiatis. Yeah, the Uh, King George. The big King George. Yeah, I do like him. Hard to make a case that it'd be a keeper, but he yeah. does really show something. And I think at least you've got first right of refusal next year uh, when it comes to lodging his side. Yeah, he, and he's it's just one of those players with flair that might not go mm-hmm. big every week, but can definitely pop up and do some special things. I like so, the look at yeah. him a lot. He's one of my favorites. Just the rolling lockout did change the way I drafted a little bit with these kind of blokes with flair. I didn't make me stress too much if they were like not the best consistent scorers. It's just more so if they had the potential to go big because mm-hmm. we've always been a set and forget um, lockout, you know, first mm-hmm. week, game of the week. And this year it's going to be completely different. Yeah. Although we did play it last year and that kind of spurred my thinking is, yeah, that I get a few players that can do have the potential to kick, you know, five or six goals in a game. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you don't have to risk them, you know, going have, putting up a 30 by having them on the ground. You can start them on the bench. And, yep. so you go. and because we play utilities as well, that's another mm-hmm. thing I needed to uh, mention as well. Because we play utilities, you could potentially play two, three, four of these guys. Because yeah. um, we play Basically, four, six, one, four. Yeah, exactly. Our structure and yeah. three in the end. Yep. Uh, your rookie draft, obviously, you retained Will Day, no brainer there. Um, first pickup was Archie Perkins. Very handy. Looks like he's going to debut this week. Yeah, that's good. And then, like, yeah, obviously, the, he's really easy to keep next year because I'm keeping for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan McDonald plays this week too, Another just announced, which is cool. Jeez, he's got some debutants playing rookie Luke draft. Edwards, the son of the great Tyson. I picked uh, him because he grew to like 200 centimeters, just like Cripps did in that second year. So, yeah, still being <laughs> tough to break into that West Coast. I agree, midfield. but he was another elite fan or one of an, an elite fantasy score. I think it was the second best fantasy scorer in the draft. So. Uh, Lewis Butler, he was okay in some games last year, still a bit he's, small. For me, he's a perfect rookie pick because he's going to need two years. Yep. I think in two years' time, then he's in the best 22. Completely and so that's why I'm that happy to have him there. And Sammy Hayes, just as the third link of the hand. Just in case there. somehow Lysett and uh, who else have I got? The other guy who plays forward, Peter Laddams, plays forward. Um, well, sorry, if he, um, if he gets injured, if somehow both of them get injured, then I've got Will Day to step in for me. Oh, Will Day, Sam Hayes to step in for me. Uh, so, yeah. Overall, Hef, I think your rookie draft is very, very... Very good. I think uh, overall we've drafted pretty well. I just think the uh, the reach of Graves and uh, Fisher is just a glaring 
problem. Yeah, I don't think it's a problem. I think with keeper leagues, if you want to play, you've just got to go get them. It's true. And like, like I said, if I didn't have, a, if I would have had a pick around later, which I think Graves probably should have gone there, mm-hmm. um, but I just didn't have one, so I just grabbed him there. Such is life. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's go through yours. And fuck, there are some stinkers in this one. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, it's not too bad. I think um, I've done well. So Rory Sloan straight up, you're tipping him to bounce back. Big time. Rory okay. Slane was my first pick. So um, I in- think there's a lot of improvement there. He was injured last year. Um, just straight back in. He can be 100 averaging mid. No You're dramas. not worried that the move, the game movement are going to affect these kind of slower inside mids? He's the captain. He tackles. He does all the hard stuff. He could get 10 tackles a game, man. If the ball, if he can catch any of the players, no, he's going to be in, <laughs> he's going to be in the CBAs every week. He's the heart and soul. I, but you I, know what I mean, I love like Rory the Slane. the the inside mids rely on that long kick down the line to create the stoppage to get those tackles and all that sort of stuff. Sure. There is potential that they don't. I, like I honestly don't think that's going to happen. They got rid of Brad Brad Crouch, who was a plotter, so Rory Sloan just stepped. But I'm saying the game's anyway. changing. It doesn't matter. I still think Rory Sloan's one of the hardest working blokes out there. Yeah, perhaps he may but not be the quickest, but he's still the hardest. Working. I don't actually believe the game's changing that much either. I'm just you know playing the devil's advocate. Really, anyway, he's. Back to 100 average. God, okay. Um, Tom Papley, fastest legs, uh, moving legs in the competition according to one of our league mates. Pap Smear, obviously needed a forward. Um, You know, if he can get back to his best, which he was showed early last year, which is a 70, 75, 80 averaging forward, I think that's good. And potentially he can slot into that Sydney midfield at times to, um, you know, just help out the young brigade in there. So pretty keen on Papley. He could average 80, I reckon. Like, yeah, between 80, 85 in a good year. So Mm -hmm. it's not the worst pick. If you need a Forward then. Oh, yeah. and in our draft, there's not a heap of for- good, good, reliable well, forwards each each week. That's yeah. why I went with Fisher in essentially the fourth round because there's just there was no one else mm. at that point. Yep. Um, I didn't actually need a forward at that point because I had four, but mm. I wanted just someone on my bench. So it yep. was a good choice, I thought. Um, anyway, back to your draft. Stop yes. talking about mine. Yes. Uh, Jackson Nelson, you pick next. Uh, on. Yeah, I just thought he was in my rankings of who we had there. I just thought he was uh, should probably go on maybe round two. Um, I've got. High hopes for Jackson Nelson, especially with Duggan spending well, going to be a fair bit of time in the midfield this year. Just opens up that halfback flank spot for, for Nelson. Yeah. For Nelson, oh, okay. um, who did dominate the game on uh, the other weekend too. So I'm pretty keen on Jackson Nelson. See, you picked him up in the podcasters league too. Yeah. The next pick that I like mm-hmm. was Will Phillips in our fourth round. I thought that was a great get because I thought he would go a lot earlier than uh-huh. that. Yeah. So that's the thing with that league, and this is probably this probably emulates that or you know explains that the best is like. A lot of players in our league, because we can only keep 16, it's basically if rookies aren't playing or a chance playing early, mm-hmm. they can slide mm-hmm. because, you know, you want players on the field. And if your team is actually having a crack, you don't want you don't want zeros and things like that. But As you said, yeah. I think Campbell was one, Golden was pick eight, and I don't know, Powell was pick two. In the, so, they were all first rounders only because they've been getting the hype because they've been playing well, whereas Phillips has had a bit of a slower start to his career. And I didn't really want to take a, um, a rookie at all in my draft, but yeah. when he was still sitting there at round four and we know that he can you know, score, it's in his uh, pedigree, I just had to take him. So, I think he could be genuinely one of the pickups of the draft. Yeah, if he plays. At that point. If he plays. He'll play at some stage this year. Yeah, it's just a, it's, it's silly because it's North Melbourne, but there's just five mids ahead of him at the moment. So, <laughs> Well, we'll see. I've got plenty. And at and, the end of the day, it was a round four pick, so I haven't yeah, really wasted no, anything. Exactly. I haven't no. gone uh, too hard like he might have gone in the first round if we did the draft, you know, maybe three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Moore was your next one. So, mm-hmm. he's someone that Hawthorne in that one game, he saw looked to move the ball through going forward a mm-hmm. lot. Kind of played that, I guess, the connector role. I hate yes. saying that. But he did play that quite well. Um, I think Hawthorne are going to be pretty terrible throughout the year, so he might not get as much opportunity. But uh, I don't mind this pick. Um, were you happy with it? Uh, very much so. Yeah. Uh, one, he's a forward. Two, I think, as you said, you've got to try and pick up in our league 
some of these players at teams who are going to be a bit weaker because they're going to have to give opportunities to someone like um, Dylan Moore. Yeah. And I did. Just before I came here, I was looking at uh, Hawthorne's Twitter feed and they've got a nice little video of Luke Bruce uh, pumping up Dylan Moore, calling him like the next Luke Bruce. So, if Ooh. I can get the next Luke Bruce, who was an eight, <laughs> no, but he was an 80 average <laughs> forward. If yeah. he can do that this year and potentially even progress, like, I think that's his, good. At his best. Yeah. Hey, but he said his work rate is great. His work ethic is great. And he's just, he just loves the game. So, I'm all about that pick. Next pick was Cam Zerha. Now, I know yes. you love him, but mm-hmm. I just don't see him getting the midfield time he was talked about to get earlier in the year. So, no. do you see his scoring improving that much? Uh, basically, up? this pick, because I had went hard and I had basically had uh, six picks in the first, I don't know, few rounds or within the first 40 picks. I was tossing up between Zerha and Harry Morrison. And because I needed forwards more than backs, I went with Zerha. Um, if he can just be, he'll play each week because North Melbourne need him in there. Um, if he can pinch it in the midfield at times, great. If not, I, don't, I think that's probably the right kind of spot to take him. I think I couldn't have left him anymore because I was he wouldn't, have, take slipped, him around that point he wouldn't he have slipped another few rounds yeah. when I had my next pick. So, yeah. um, more than happy to just show up one more spot in my forward line with him. Yep. Um, now, from here is where it goes real downhill because you've what? picked a bunch of blokes that are either not fantasy relevant anymore oh, or they're not best 22. Mm. So, let's read through it. So, Shane Edwards, Chris he May. He's the heart and soul of Richmond. They just, they're not a very good scoring fantasy Excuse side. Me? Do you know why he's been putting up Chris, lately? Yeah, fine. But as a sole mid, yeah, like, what's he's he, just what, depth what's, from, it's just depth from now, isn't it? Well, I think- Richmond play a lot of early games in the round and he can be the perfect streamer. Yeah, I guess if you put it that way. But I just think you'd pick someone who has a bit more flair and a bit is not so dour. No, nah, such a gun. Okay. He scored an 88 BCV last year. What, wait, and one, a 70. What? One off? So, wow. he's tunned up, and, so, he's tunned up and 90. And if you're playing utilities- Wow, so we've got one 100. Oh, Hef, you preach all this, you know, I just need guys who can get a big score one week and I've picked them so good. No, and but then I, I pick someone who's actually proven, who's a genuine gun and you're knocking me. I but think the thing this, is- the thing this is, period no, for me, I'm so proud of. This is my this is my point though. Is mm. you're picking as if you're in contention this year. No, I'm picking as in I've already got 16 keepers. I don't need to find any more. That's in the haystack. I think that's pretty bold because I reckon you should always try to pick like a few mm. younger speculatives that are going to be up and coming just no. in case you do like yeah, in I've case got you are Nelson, building. Phillips, Moore, Zerha. Because if those ones if those ones come off but don't come off before you, you're kind of stuck with these players going forward, and it's oh, yeah, no. then, you, then you're going backwards. No. Um, Chris Mayne after that, also another guy who's over the hill. Back, back, can put up big games. <laughs> a guy you're definitely early. putting back in the pool next exactly, year. Exactly, but this is what you need. I'm I'm having a crack, babe. Wait, I thought you weren't having a crack. No, now I'm, you're having a crack at the flag. I'm not like, I don't think I'm the top two sides in the competition, yeah. but anyone can win it on their day. And Titchy Edwards might just pop up and bloody pull out 110 in a final and get me over the line. Okay, then you've got Tom McDonald. Like, Who is going to go bananas this year? He's going to play Gornut forward instead. Bananas and that's this the way year. It's going to be huge. Um, then you've got Paul Hunter who will play one game. Yeah, Paddy Ryder back in round two. I need some more. You always knock me for my rucks, so I just thought I'd yeah, actually get some Yeah, pick one that plays. Depth. He will. He's playing this <laughs> weekend. round one. <laughs> He's playing this yeah. weekend. What more do you want? Then Paddy Ryder will come back and then- Not uh, interested, Marshall but I've got the best he'll, ruckman in the competition never team play English. again. Uh, David Cunningham, not best 22. Probably not, no. Michael Gibbons, not best 22. Probably not, no. Josh Rotham's all right. Like, He's definitely best 22. Plays tall, though, a lot, so it won't really score that doesn't well. doesn't matter. It's just depth. These are all best 22 playing dudes who are Callum just going to keep- will get Sinclair. Callum Sinclair, Sinclair I timed out, unfortunately. Injured. Oh, really? Yeah. Auto, auto, pick. auto pick that one. That's pretty funny. Um, then you had some uh, rookie upgrades with mm-hmm. Aaron Norton, which is a good upgrade there. Done. And then uh, Ben Keyes, the great who will one. average around the 80 mark, and that's fine for utility slash bench in your midfield if you need them. So, yeah. I think I did a good draft. 
I, I like the first yep. six. Yep. These and ones. then From I've just there, really just made sure, I've made sure that my core is strong. <laughs> These guys are playing each and every week. They can put up 80s. They can put up 90s. I Potentially can put in about 100s. I just feel that you could you could have picked guys that would play each and every week that have a bit of future potential as well. That's all. You've just nah. picked guys that are just going to be I think the median, I think the average done. age of my team's like 22. Like right? you've given yourself like maybe one, two, three, four, five, six players that could be potential keepers going forward. Mm-hmm. And so that means you're backing on none of your top 16 to regress. And no, what, you've kept, well, that's what you kind of are like doing, by doing that. Yeah, and um, they won't. And Who's but regressing you've from Jack McRae, Luke Parker, Jared Lyons, Christian <laughs> Salem, the old team. Liam Let me just Duggan, say, Devin like, Smith, Tim you, English, Dyson Heppel, Callum Mills, Jack Bowes, Ben Ainsworth, Matt Rowe, Jordan Degoe, Harry Schoenberg, maybe, Luke Jackson yeah. and Lockie Ash. Yeah, Luke, Three of them might not be keepers next year and I'm just exactly. going to add so in you've given yourself, Rory Sloan, you've given yourself Papley, six opportunities to replace Jackson them. Nelson, Will Phillips, Dylan Moore, yeah. Cam Zerha. Okay, just, Hef, yeah. I've nailed this. Okay. I've nailed this draft. I, I like I said, like your six first six picks, but you're banking on some of those guys to actually make your keepers next year. I feel, and I think that's going to send you backwards by going so old later in the draft. That's listeners. All. I nailed the draft. Okay. Don't listen to Hef. All right, fine. Um, listen and learn was the uh, was the quote from that review. I reckon so. <laughs> rookie draft. <laughs> yeah. Now this will be interesting because you're probably going to hate my rookie draft too. Uh, I took Kane Farrell with pick one. Yeah, not best twenty two. No, he is. Kane Corn said he is. Is he? Yes. Uh, okay, I just don't know how we're going to fit all these players into our best 22. To be uh, Kane Farrell is definitely best 22. He's going to play and Miles Bergman is not. Uh, well, they play different positions. Willem so Drew is not going to play. Kane that's Farrell the, that's is. That's the other one, yeah. So, Willem, that's more likely who he's in for. Um, Steve Motlop won't play. Kane Farrell no, will. I don't know about that. Steve Motlop's elite, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, according to Champion Dunn, anyway. is, if you, you know, have some- Like, he's close- but like when I say not, but he's like, your line breaker. When I think not best twenty two, like I always just go back to finals last year. Is he in your final? Is he in your finals team? And then do you see him in your finals team going forward? And he wasn't there. So, but a reason with the Kane Farrell thing is he's one I can. I'm happy to you know sit there for two years because if he's one of these guys who gets fed up with not getting a game at Port, I think he could actually be a good player and a good scorer elsewhere. Well, I don't mind that thinking. I just wouldn't take him the first round of the rookie draft. I would have taken round the fourth because no one I think else would have gone from it. I, I still nailed the rest anyway. Okay, cool. Uh, Nick Cox, he'll play. Is he going to play this week? Yeah, he should play this week. Yeah. yeah. so I'm really enjoying his role in the wing yeah. as a big guy. So, I think- Does he get shows. that- Full time because we saw Riley Tilthorpe um, play in the on the wing in one of their trials in another game and did like I know he was shocking but they just put him there basically just to get a touch for a big fella. Cox has been good and I think with Hurley going down and a couple others going down he, he's going to find a spot in that side no dramas. Jeremy Sharp I like a mm-hmm. good underage fantasy score or decent underage fantasy score could see more opportunity hopefully this year. Yep. Um, Shannon Neal is. Lucky, you're going to be lucky in two years' time to be in best. Doesn't matter, you know. We know that rucks are bloody hard to come by. A good one. And the thing was Geelong he's showing some. Yeah, the thing he could play in three weeks' time. I don't know if they'd play him that early. No, I think no, it might be undone. Like, there's no number one ruckman at Geelong. Yeah, I like. I don't know how much I like him as a. He's got to, actually did put up some good fantasy numbers as a yeah, junior. See? But the thing is, like, <sighs> ruckman just take a long time, man. That's all. That is true. Could but take like, more than Reece two years Stanley, to get there. But that's what I mean. Like those, be yeah. thrown in a second. He could be. He's a type that could be thrown in the deep end. Mm-hmm. Deep end. It's just that if he does get thrown in the deep end, I just don't know if he's going to develop quick enough to kind of be capable. But that's all. I reckon if he could put up some good numbers in the VFL this year, I'd be more than happy to retain him next year. Yep. Cool. Uh, and then I retained Chad Warner, who's uh, come onto the scene hot, so I was happy to have him on my side. And Jarman Impey, just to uh, provide a bit more best 22 backup for my team. Yeah, like, I don't mind they've kept him as a rookie. You rate 
Jarman Impey a lot higher than he's ever produced or even looked to produce ever. I think you've, you've rated him on like four stri- four game stretch before. That's he when he was knee. coming good. <laughs> and then he did a knee. And went well, that's just backwards. unfortunate, but he was coming good. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I've just seen it happen time and time again that they, but you know, they have a little purple patch, then get an injury, and then you just can't let it go. That's anyway, all. that's how you get a ten out of ten draft. Oh everyone. God, I don't know about that. Anyway, a um, lot of over the hill players there that you're not going to keep. So. Um, yeah. Anyway, is this a keeper depth league still? Player, depth <laughs> players, depth players who help you win flags, my friend. I wish you were miles off. No point having them. But anyway, uh, notable picks from other teams. So, um, Paddy Dow was picked up. I guess as the two fifty one overall. Do you think that's early? I think that's a right for Paddy Dow. Uh, he's just got the preseason hype. Do you? Like, he did, but then he didn't. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch him. I don't like him. I just like he is going to get bulk midfield minutes for the first three or four rounds. They're just going to have dropped. a go. Well, that's what that's what you th- you think he might, but he could actually just like ease his way into it and actually just you know pick up to the speed of the game. He's got a lot of potential, man. Like, and he's been pretty unlucky just with the body. I know he had like he was big hot raps first year, didn't actually you know live up to them. Then he had a few like injury a issues. Boy. He's put on a little bit of size, man. All these players like. Like Dawson, I was saying, like you, you, they don't look that big, but then you go watch them, like you know, at a place like Norlunga where you're like two centimeters away from the fence, and you can see them. They, they're all just such huge units. Like even the scrawny guys are massive. So, I oh know. I just Not I don't all know. of them. Yeah, I, know. I see Dave McKay all the time. He's built like a rake. <laughs> True, but Paddy Dow, I just think if he's given that role, there's every chance he just kind of warms into it and goes right. Um, I've got Will Phillips there, just as I thought yours was a good pick there in the fourth round there. Definitely, so that was pick two two nine overall. Went before Paddy Dow. Um, Lachlan Schultz at three two one overall by the Olive Stuffers. I was looking at him around that range. I think mm-hmm. a range. I think it's about right, but I still think he's going to be a pretty handy pickup just with the scarcity of forwards. Can have a bit of a run through the middle every now and then. Too, I think he's got a nice. bit of go about him. Yeah. Lachlan Schultz for sure. And then um, the same team, the stuff Olive Stuffers uh, picked up Caleb Poulter in the rookie draft at three nine three overall. So I thought that was a bit of a steal given his um, fantasy potential. He was. I was actually the pick after him, and I had. I was ready to click on him. Mm-hmm. Like, this is mine, and then disappeared. The one that goes just. Before for you and then yeah. you swear across the room so yeah you, you big on Caleb Polder? I am yes he yeah. was in my my calculations too yeah for sure I anyway I know you don't rate him or you think it's a bit too hard but I don't mind Miles Bergman at 28 just given that he'll probably play this week and he did look good in the preseason games I know you didn't really pay we'll much discuss attention this later have preseason games um, and then Devin Robertson I thought was a good pick up there as well um, just just an in, more, not good but just interesting because the potential there and I think he just kind of slipped under the radar a bit I don't know if he actually would have got picked up you know, anytime soon as well. So, anyway, uh, Chankuth Jarth went uh, at two four six. Um, he's looking likely to play each week, and he does early. look like he's got it. I know, but he does have a bit of fantasy potential. So, I don't, I don't like. I know it seems a bit early, but I don't mind it just as an option. And Steve is one of those coaches of the highway brawlers who just picks players he wants. He doesn't kind of think about where they should go. It's just, oh yep, I want that guy. I pick him, and I'm fine with that. Even though he's down the bottom every year, <laughs> like he actually tries and competes. Like tries to compete. So I don't mind him picking players he wants. Um, Charlie Lazaro, the lizard. Now, another one that kind of is named as a centre, but will probably play forward. I just thought he was interesting just due to the salary cap hype. But at 403 overall, I think that's a pretty good get because that's probably the right t- time to take him. Maybe mates, the rookie, rookie draft case, you'll give me the Yeah, I, was, I want a rookie draft action for the lizard. Mm. Okay. I think this this year, apart from maybe the f- you know four or f- six or whatever who are you know are guaranteed to play a lot of the year, like this is the year that you need to try and take these draftees in the rookie draft, I think. Yeah, I think so too. That's well. And I think our league was very smart like that this year. Mm-hmm. Apart from the top like five or six, everyone kind of left him late to take him in the rookie draft. Like usually yeah. people go a bit early and just go, oh, no, he'll, he'll break out this year in his first yeah. year, be fine. Yep. Everyone was kind of waiting on them this year. And I thought that was kind of good by our league to actually think of doing that really and just 
you know, backing that in. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, good thinking by everyone in our draft. Um, Darcy McPherson went at 219 overall. So early. Yeah, so I was thinking. So I was he may not him. even be best 22. Yeah, like he did look good in that um, preseason game, but he butchered the ball a fair bit. He had a fair few clangers and um, Rankin wasn't playing either. So, come in and play pretty similar role, really. So, yeah, I don't know about Darcy McPherson. I thought that was a bit early as well. Now, the funniest one was um, Lloyd Meek was picked up at pick 244 overall. Now, there's a guy in our league, these guys are actually brothers, um, who one has Sean Darcy and mm. he was banking on getting Lloyd Meek a little bit later yeah. and he's got no backup ruck really. I think he's got Reese Stanley, so he should be okay. But uh, yeah, he was a bit devastated when Lloyd Meek went. Uh, do you think 244 is early for Meek or do you think it's appropriate given that uh, he wanted to mess up his draft pick? Or? I've got no issues with this kind of this kind of behaviour. I think it's good. Lloyd Meek like impressed me in that trial, but oh, in that scratch, uh, Amy game, whatever it is. Mm. The thing is like, I know he was injured a bit last year, but- in the past, Fremantle have looked like they've just tried to avoid using Meek at all costs and then they're kind of forced into it now. So, my worry is, and like I'm less worried now that I've actually seen him play, um, but my worry is that they might just, as soon as Darcy's fit and firing, they might just turf him back out because they're talking about playing Tracy, yeah. Tracy as well. But he's injured now. Oh, that's right. I did see that. Um, yeah, well, that's probably security spot a bit more then as well, yeah. The, the funny thing, I think, with our league, with Ruckman, everyone's so wary of getting enough Rucks because someone at some stage throughout the year will always be without a Ruckman for a game. So, yeah. I think people are more than happy to kind of, you know, cut other people's lunch and take Ruckman. But this year, it's, it's very, very weird because usually you'd know exactly which 18 Rucks are playing in the first round. But yeah. this year, we've got Meek, Flynn, um, uh, probably Fullerton as well, get a game. Uh, who's the other guy? Hunter, you yeah. know, like who you just would never even think about picking up because you go, ah, oh, they'll never get a never get a look at it. But this year they're all going to be playing round one basically. The thing is, some like a lot of them probably won't be playing at the end of the season. That's the hard part. It is, but I still yeah. think there's at the moment there's still trade value in these guys. So like, yes, you can take Lloyd Meek and maybe try and trade him to his brother, and I think that's smart. Like uh, my rival coach, not you, uh, as an English owner, he retained Steph Martin even that's though fantastic. he's got Rowan Marshall. That is fantastic. See, it's this kind of. It's that's this what Keeper leagues are all about. Exactly. It's just kind of behaviour that is just, uh, yes, mean, but just fantastic. Just fucking your rival. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and the last one you added on here was Josh Kennedy. I added in this because I was looking at Josh Kennedy with my last pick and I told the fellow coach of the uh, little left footers, just whack JK in there because, yes, he's old, but you're talking about guys who can come in and maybe dominate one game if they can be streamable. Josh Kennedy's that one. He's apparently going to play this week and he can kick eight goals, no dramas in a game, especially against uh, some low-hanging fruit sides and uh, could be one who could win you a game off his boot. Add that, like, he's more than likely, probably more likely than to kick six or ten goals in a game. He's probably more likely to do a name finish his career by round three. But at three, not risking anything. The last pick of your draft. Yeah, you are not risking anything. Who cares? So, yeah, nah. That's a, I thought it was a fine pick as well. All right, so that's uh, our teams. Um, we are actually a bit away through the pods. So that's actually we're making some good time here. Let's get on to some bold predictions case. We're going to take it one for one. Yeah, let's so do it. So, we've got five each. Yeah, five bold predictions. All right, I'll go first. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> first one straight just, off the bat. Just cut what you said last week's sh- in last week's show and just play it now. <laughs> oh, just, just save yourself some breath. a different take. Okay. Harry Schoenberg will average under 60 this year and lose forward status. So, he'll be unkeepable as a midfield next year. What what do you have to say to that case? Um, look, there's every chance that might happen. There's yeah. a fair like I believe there's probably a strong chance he'll lose four. That's seventy five percent time on ground playing the midfield for a score of twenty six is baffling. 
Uh, well, yeah, it's one game. I think oh, we did it all season last year. <laughs> we're getting worried about one preseason game. Let the boy <laughs> no, get in play I'm some worried. footy. I just want me. To, I'll get up uh, Harry Schoenberg scoring uh, history from last year. We can go through that. I've never really seen someone to. so like hard on a guy who's about to come into his second <laughs> I'm season no, of football. I'm it's not like, hard on him. I'm hard, hard on, on him. I'm hard on the fact that you talk him up so much when there is no case for doing so. Here we go from round 10, 43, yep. 22, yep. 34. Yep. I know this is pre-BCV. 43, yep. 50, yes. 30, yes. back to 30 after that, 80. Bang, 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 bang. You're not talking about that score, Where are he's you, had Hef? 180. Like, everyone, every shit player has a good game every now and then. And then a 26 to back that up. Like, there is no reason. Like, I don't- It's his first I, year of football I don't, and he yeah. didn't even get one chance to play can't like believe, reserves I'm football not, last year. And I've, I have no issue that's his first game. I'm more of an issue that with the fact he becomes a keeper for you mm-hmm. just because you've somehow got it in your head that he's a gun. Like this, you've just you've been brainwashed somehow. And I want to know who brainwashed so you. Remember that time that you kept who Bailey did Scott? It to you? Yeah, he how did that work out? It's fine. Like, oh, it, well. I've done the math. He worked. They averaged but basically the my same. My team, my team was they bottom averaged of the, the same. My team was, was second the, bottom of the ladder. You made the finals last year. You just hand like I literally no. just had no one else other to keep than Bailey Scott. That was my issue. My other issue is that I like Harry Schoenberg a lot. The thing is, we've got about four or five crows nuffies in our league. And they would take him. I don't think they'd take him if he's averaging 46. They would. You can ask them. <laughs> Everyone loves Harry Schoenberg. All right, let's get on to your first hot take. Rightio, my bold prediction, Hef, is Lockie Ash will outscore Isaac Cumming this year. Is that that bold? Yes. Everyone's talking about Isaac Cumming like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. In the game we saw him, Ash probably looked the better player. Mm. But all the preseason hype's about Cumming purely because it's salary cap influence because some guy costs, I don't know, 30k Mate, less Cumming's or some in no one. Shit. Neither of these guys are in anyone's salary cap to anyone worth having him. Like, uh, anyone worth good Cumming, team. Cumming is in mine. Well, he shouldn't be. I'm a visionary of the salary yeah, cap you're format. You're so good at that game. Uh, it's a horrible game. Um, <laughs> but look, Ash uh, averaged an adjusted 73 in his final three games of 2020. Um, and while coming, he's getting some preseason love because he took some kickouts in that game, which is fair enough. But he only scored 10 more points than Ash. Uh, Ash was getting more meters gained, more inside 50s. And I reckon he's going to be one that uh, the Giants want the ball in his hand to um, kind of reinvigorate their back line without Shaw and Williams there. So um, I reckon Ash overcoming this year. Yeah, I agree. Like Ash looks like a better player. Like in being a, more highly touted draft pick coming into his second year. Um, yeah, I reckon he's already at the same level as coming anyway. So going forward, he's already in the trajectory to go go ahead of him. So I think that's, yeah. People have just fine. got this weird obsession with Isaac coming. They did for a while, but it's kind of died off after they've actually watched him play this year, I think. Well, they just had to watch him play last year and then they what was coming. <laughs> the last round was pretty good. Like, oh, it was yeah. oh good. one good score. Yeah. No, but he put up huge scores in the preseason as well. Oh, and then, we got, go. then got injured and oh, did a Here we go. Yeah, you don't think about that, do here you? Here we go. Yeah, you, Who's your next prediction? I'm sorry, but like Harry Schoenberg put up multiple, multiple shit scores. In Harry <laughs> Schoenberg will average over 60 this year. <laughs> All right, fine. Um, my next one is Tom Rockliffe, not best 22 by season's end. Because Kane Farrell's in there? Maybe. No, I don't know. Uh, I think just with the game, the, how quickly the game was moving, and I know we've, I've talked about this a million times, I'm not going to say it again, but if the game does kind of you know stay at that pace, oh, I think he's way too slow for it, to be honest. Um, and I just don't think, I just don't know if the inside guys like he is, 
are going to be that reliable. Like he's not a meters gain player. He doesn't. He usually goes backward, moves the ball backwards more than moves it forward because he's usually handballing backwards or kicking sideways. I just don't know if he's going to be that valuable to Port Adelaide side by the end of twenty two, end of twenty twenty one. Sorry. So who's taking his spot? Um, well, I, th- I think, yeah, someone like um, uh, well, Sam Pepper hopefully comes back into the side will later he come back? in the year. I think he will. Like everyone has a piss up every now and then, gets suspended for a few weeks and gets, uh, gets um, you know, what do you call it? Uh, sanctioned by the leadership group. It happens. All right. So I think he will. I think it's just a bit of an Adelaide media beat up more than anything. Um, then I think Willem Drew's a really good chance of coming in. Um, I think Zachy Butters just goes in the midfield full time and squeezes someone like him out and then will play someone like Bergman or someone like, uh, you know, Fantasia is going to come in, obviously, mm-hmm. um, to play out forward. Um, you will have Rosie back um, from his foot surgery. There's going to be a whole heap that I think that could actually run through the midfield that squeeze him out a little bit. So, what do you do if you're a Tom Rockcliffe owner? Not much. Oh, yeah, I think there's still value for him. You trade him to someone who doesn't, um, you know, he doesn't believe you basically or hasn't watched much preseason footy. Again, I'm not – I'd be very surprised if the game changed as much as people are talking it up to. But at the same time, I think there will be some imp- impact here. And I think players like him might be impacted by it. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my next one is Taron Thomas will be the third year breakout player you didn't see coming. Now, we know Sam Walsh, Connor Rosie, Zach Butters, etc. proven guns from that draft year. Um, we're all hearing good things about Caldwell, Blakey, Haightley, etc. They're getting the fantasy press. But I think Thomas is one who I like as a sleeper of sorts. Uh, pick eight, who's had some injury issues, but just whenever I've seen him play footy, he is all class. Um, had a good preseason under his belt, which is super important. Uh, scored 67 from 74% time on ground in the uh, Amy series match. So he's one I'm watching. There is a bit of a worry that he's quality over quantity for me, but uh, as a forward this year, I'm happy to back him in to deliver the goods. And I think he's going to get plenty of opportunity in that ruse midfield. Hef? No, I like that one. Um, that was actually one that I had in my head to add to this doc and I got to the doc and you already put it there. Um, great minds think alike, Case. Uh, Every now and then. Yeah. But no, nah, look, I do like that one. Um, listed as a forward, we'll play on a wing this year by the looks. Um, so that will definitely increase. I like, would definitely see a scoring bump there. I think last year as well, just with the injury affected season, um, that's probably the reason why people aren't either going to see it coming. They've just forgotten about him. Mm-hmm. So I think he's a genuine chance to actually, you know, play 22 games this year, providing the injuries um, don't hit him again. Again, and given his role that he's probably going to have, uh, I think he might be one that will break out. Yeah, I don't mind that pick case. I think that's a good one. Sweet. Uh, my next one is Errol Goulden uh, is going to be the pick of the draftees this year. So we talked about uh, Powell. Uh, everyone's raving up about Will Phillips earlier. Brayden Campbell looked really good in that first week. I think Errol Goulden's been the most consistent one so far and looks to be the most fantasy-friendly one as well. And then looking at his junior fantasy scores, I think he averaged over 100 in the NAB League as an underager as well. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be the pick of the draftees this season. Do I think he's going to be the pick long-term? Probably not. I think your your Powell's, your Phillips's, your Campbell's will probably overtake eventually. But I think this year he's going to be the best one. Uh, at this stage, I can't argue with you. Good to see that both Campbell and um, Goulden are playing this week. Yeah. So, be very keen to watch that Sydney game. Um, yeah, look, he's definitely going to be around the mark. He's in my fantasy classic side. I'm sure he's in yours yep. too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be a very, very good player and can't wait to watch some of these guys who we haven't really seen a lot of because of COVID last year. He went the first round of our draft as well. So yeah. Long, long, long no, he went the second Rockies. round, I think. 
Oh, Tom was, got him in the second round. Oh, I thought it was the first round pick. Mm, well, that yeah. was a good get in the second round anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's your next one? My next one is Tom McDonald can bounce back to his old form in 2021. Now, uh, lots and lots of people have forgotten that T-Mac was once a premium forward of the game, averaged 80 in 2017 and 90 in 2018. He's coming off his best ever preseason. I read an article about it yesterday on AFL.com, so it must be true. The D should naturally improve a bit this year. And now he's got zero competition uh, for two months, basically, because Ben Brown, their big recruits, out and Sam Wiedemann's also injured. He's the big dog up there. It is Tom McDonald time and you can cash in as a uh, owner this year, I think. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I can see him scoring better than he has in the past season. But at the same time, it looked a you little bit- You think he can go to like an 80 average this year? Maybe maximum. I don't think he'll get back to the 90s. It's pretty good as a forward. Yeah, it's fine. Like maximum. Like that's everything goes to plan, best case scenario. Um, I just think Max Gorn might be spending more time up there. And then I think them recruiting Ben Brown is obviously saying something about what they think about Tom McDonald. But he was going to play on the wing before that. You know, like yeah. He was going to be everywhere. Everyone was, yeah. Do we all believe that case? Oh, I did. That's yeah. why I drafted him. Okay, cool. No, but I think he can bounce back. And I think that he might be a bit of a sleeper this year. If he's got the role, there's no competition, he's fit, he's firing, I reckon he's a chance. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Like, I think he might. Like, like everything goes to plan. I think he could get to an 80. Yeah, sure. That's fine. 80s are great. I think that's fine too. But I think, like I said, everything goes to plan. Everything perfect. Everything goes the way you describe. Max Gorn doesn't play out forward. Ben Brown doesn't come back and be their main focal point. So, you're talking it's Luke Jackson season this year? That's what it could be. Yeah. Yes. Well, Luke Jackson great and Max Gorn will rotate up there. So, who knows? Um, but anyway, uh, Paddy Dow to average 80 plus this season. That's Just my next bold prediction. Just because made a stupid video about him doesn't mean you have to like beat the drum that he's going to be a good player. 80, plus for a, 80 plus for a guy playing his role that we saw in uh, the um, the preseason games. It should be it should be just what they do. Like it should, it should be what they be, get. But you're attaining every centre bounce. Man, he's a pick three with injury with injury pass. Struggled in his first season, injured the second. Oh, so you're happy to give him a leave pass but not Harry Schoenberg? Harry Schoenberg played like eight games in a row and didn't get over 26. Who cares? <laughs> okay. Just, some rules for some and some for not. That's what no, you make. That's, this is, like, everyone's listening to this and just realising that you're very irrational. All right. Let's go back to- Would you want to go back to Paddy Dow's first season? I bet they, I bet they were scoring above. Yeah. I bet it was scoring above Harry Schoenberg. Let's sure. have a look here. Let's do it. Paddy Dow, first season on uh, the old footy wire here. Uh, AFL Fantasy Profile. Let's, what's his first year? 2018. Way, way, way oh, above wow. Harry Schoenberg. He's got a 47. Yeah. Oh, he scored a 96. Oh, that's not even 100, whereas Harry Schoenberg scored a BCV 100. <laughs> BCV 100 doesn't count. He didn't even count. have a BCV 100 in there. He's not any good. Doesn't it's basically count. the same in person. It doesn't. Well, look, there's more games in a row. So he played more and he didn't score And as he well. scored better. Anyway, but that's uh, no, like, yeah. No, one's rule for some, one rule for others. No, but I think Paddy is going to be good if he gets are that you, role. Are you, are you a guy who just has, you know, favourites, you know, favourite students? Oh, and you stuff obviously like do because you kept playing. You kept Harry Schoenberg, so. <laughs> um, look, I would hope that I hope that he has a better year um, or gets the opportunity. But yeah. you know, and the fact that he's like, the fact that he's like a pick three overall, like he has to show something. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't this year, then he's done. So I, there's a lot of pressure on Paddy Dow to perform. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. So I think he gets it done. Uh, my next one is Ben Ainsworth will be a top ten forward by the year's end. Uh, speaking of high. Um, 
draft picks. He was uh, number five, I reckon, from memory. Finally put a couple good pre-seasons together. He ended last season with the fifth highest average of all forwards in the last five games. So averaged 80.7 across the last uh, last five games, which is a 101 converted, which was more than Dunkley, Marshall, Dusty, and Zorko. Um, So your single season drafters who drafted over the weekend might have got a little bit of a bargain because he only put up 32 in the pre-season game, but... It came out of 44% time on ground. The other thing, if you didn't watch or didn't really see what was going on, the uh, the Suns gave Darcy McPherson and Will Brody a lot of time in that midfield, which is usually reserved for uh, someone like Ainsworth. They're not going to be there in round one. They're not going to be playing. So Ainsworth is going to come straight back into his normal role, the high half forward, pinch hitting in the midfield. And what's great is he's got North, the Crows, and Carlton in his first four games. So, if he can get into that, you know, Tom Lynch, Crows style role and, you know, be that link man, I think he can be a top 10 forward this year. I've just realized something here, Case. Mm. What do Lockie Ash, Taron Thomas, Tom McDonald, and Ben Ainsworth have in common? They're all in your bloody team. Tyrone Thomas is not in my team. Oh, isn't he? I thought no. he was. Oh, I've he's in th- one of your leagues, isn't he? No, I've got three in my team and oh, two not okay. in my Sorry, team. Sorry, I thought Taron Thomas was. No, oh, I don't I don't write show docs <laughs> like you or you just talk about all your players. You've got three out of five here in your team. Okay, well, one, I've made the- I've <laughs> 60% of it. And one of them is about one of my players. Yeah, because so I have a crack. Uh, no, I've made the Ash call on Twitter and I've made the Ainsworth call on Twitter before. Yeah, because so they're your players. You through. only talk about your players. You made a dumb call this about- <laughs> You made a dumb call about Tim English as well. What did I do? Tim English. I oh, know. He said he was going to improve because he's uh, not going to be on the ruck. Yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that could be a bold prediction, but everyone's heard that and like, they know it's true. It's not, really might, that, it's not really that bold when it's going to happen. The point that you made is not how it is going to happen, though, because he, you said he was going to not take ruck taps, but then play full time ruck around the ground, but Correct. just not in the centre bounce for some yeah. reason. Correct. Okay. And yeah. he's going to dominate. And he's going to just sit up forward now. Well, so. He scored 90 I'm last just, game. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's Tim English season, guys. Everyone get on board, I my boys. You're just missing the point, but anyway. Do you have anything <laughs> to say about Ben Ainsworth apart from the fact he's my boy? Um, I think he is probably under rated by a lot. Um, he's a lot better than what a lot of people draft him at, I think, as well. Um, uh, I don't know. I think some of your set stats are a bit selective, like last five games. You can make a case as to why these guys weren't scoring as well in the last five games. But um, look, I think he's I think he's fine. Like He's going to be better than what people expect him to be, I think. So. I, think he's I don't know he's going to be a top 10. Oh, you'd be close. Just, got, just but purely on the scarcity of forwards. Like if you had all the same forwards as last year, he wouldn't be around that well, much. if every player in the league was a forward, then he wouldn't be <laughs> top 10. Like you can make a case for everything. Yeah, but like I said, it's like how Matt Tabernard becomes like a top 10 forward like every year because of just three, you know, forward changes. But he's not mm. someone like he's going to be a primo. That's more the thing I'm trying to think But he's a lot better than Tabernard. But anyway, he's a lot better than Tabernard. Um, my last projection, mm-hmm. my bold prediction, prediction is uh, coaches have gone way too early on Finlay McRae. Oh, preach. So I've been in a lot of drafts where he's gone like either first or second round in drafts and you're just paying for the name. Like I, I get it. Like there was a really good uh, clip of him playing juniors and he kind of did look super silky and usable really well, but he's just given us nothing so far. He hasn't actually given us any good fantasy stats. I know he's not playing in the NAB League, so he's underrated. We don't get the true um, reflection of their worth, but you'd think if he was going to be like Jack, he'd be closer to be playing round one. He'd be in the selections more. I don't know. What do you think, Case? The thing is, they're half brothers. They're not even so full what, brothers. So yeah. what happens if the mum has all the the good genes that Jack has, and Jack's dad doesn't possess any of them? But what if it's the dad? 
Well, for, then he's in for it, and then it could be anything. <laughs> that's but, what these know, people like, are thinking. You know, like, what's going That's a 50-50 bet for a first-round draft pick. I don't know if you can take those odds. Yeah. No, nah, way too early. And he hasn't really played any trial games for Collingwood either. No, we haven't seen you know, that. And we're seeing, like, guys like Bianco going to get the nod. Henry's going to debut this week. Yeah. You know, like, there's a few guys at that Collingwood side. Polto, I reckon, is a big, big uh, In the big, podcast, at least, someone took Finlay McRae ahead of Power, didn't they? Yeah, your mate Cam. 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 Cam's in Adelaide at the moment. G'day, Cam, if you're listening. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, totally let's agree. Move, let's move on to your last one. And my last one is coaches have gone a year too early on Miles Bergman. Now, I'm not saying he won't be a gun heffy, but it won't be this year. He is salary cap hype to the max. Um the other thing is he keeps playing against the Crows. Anyone's going to look good when they play against the Crows. <laughs> That's true. Yes, he scored 89 on the other weekend, but looking at his uh, heat map, 89% of that was played down back. Now, tell me which guy he's going to take a spot from. Tom Jonas? No, Keith. Tom no, Cleary? No, get rid of the keys. That's Ryan dumb. Burton? So, Burton will probably get injured at Darcy some stage. Darcy Burton-Jones? Burton will probably get injured at Alea, some stage. Alea, no. Dan Houston? No. Hartley will come back into that side before. Bonner's apparently a good player now. There's no Rosie. <laughs> I think he's ahead of I think he's ahead of Hartland Bonner at the moment. Uh, maybe. And Burton will get injured. But he's not going to play back. Plus, there's bench spots that they Plus, he's play. not going to play forward because they've got to get Fantasia up there. Yes, there'll be no Rosie, but that's just opportunity for Farrell Motlop. I'm not saying he won't be a good player. Before, I just you, think- before you said Motlop and Farrell both aren't 22, best 22. Um, sorry, you said Farrell is, but Farrell I don't is. Think he is. Yeah, you said Motlop isn't. Yes. So, um, I don't think, but I don't think Ryan Burton stays fit for a whole season. I think he's ahead of Hartland Bonner, and I think also he doesn't have to start on the ground. He can start on the bench and rotate through while someone like Houston has a pinch in the midfield or something like that. It's a possibility for him to play. Yeah, but he's I, not going to be a big scorer. But then I think yeah. he's not going to have the opportunity to score well. I don't know. Unless Ports, they're playing the Crows each week because of COVID. Port's game plan is quite fantasy friendly. They have a good spread of he's fantasy He's going to get scores. the time on ground like he has on the Look, in the I know, yeah, games. look, it's his second year. He hasn't even debuted yet. So we can't be expecting too much. But I don't know how early he is too early. Like, what did I pick him? 26th round? 28th round? He won't be a keeper for you this year and he'll be in the pool. But I think he's someone that, like, worth a punt on because he could go okay. But yeah, like, not many guys debut in their first year, you know, didn't plan, they're not that much of a gun that they don't play in their first year, only debut in the second year and then come into keeper. I agree with that, but there's a chance, you know, and when you pick them up late, it's fine. But all I said is you've gone a year too early. That's all my, That's all the projection. Oh, a year was. too early. I think meant too early in the picks. No. Ah, uh, sorry. I get you. I didn't read the year too early. My bad. This is my problem. I you've don't read things before. You've got issues with reading. That's why you've got Cam Rainer <laughs> Mate, on your I side. I generally have so many emails and shit to go through. You just learn to skim read and uh, yeah, it can be disastrous It's great for all times. the listeners who email in half and you're just skim reading all your correspondence. At least I bloody Get back to him. I get Unlike back to you. everyone on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter, yeah, not everyone else. <laughs> you leave me to, uh, to sweep up every other. Everyone other wants a piece of Hollywood hair. I'm just this, you know. I'm I'm Robin, you know. Yeah. Wanna... That's your excuse. So you don't have to do anything. What's a real like dodgy suburb in starting with a K? Uh, in what any state? In like Cronulla K's or something like that. No one wants a piece of me. <laughs> Hollywood K. Hollywood have Cronulla K's. Shout out to mates in Cronulla. There. <laughs> I, don't know. I need an American suburb. My American geography is not very good. Anyway. Uh, I don't know, Kansas City Caves. That'll do. <laughs> is that nice? Or I don't know. I'm going to go there now. We'll read out some membership stuff. Anyway, uh, membership. Uh, yeah, cool. So if you appreciate the work we do, um, perhaps consider signing up as a member. Um, a lot of time and effort goes into the show. So if you get some value out of it, uh, 
uh, perhaps think about giving back uh, if you want to, that is, of course. Um, if you do choose to sign up as a member, uh, we now have our projections out for round one. Now, I factored in, this was a lot of people asking this, that mm. one of the projections to um, take into account the difficulty of the opponent in terms of their fantasy scoring. So our projections now look at every team, like the team, that the opposition that they're playing, works out um, the, I guess, overall average of every club and what their um, their opposition gives up and then factors that into the projections as well. So, um, yeah, that's a pretty handy thing and it does kind of look a lot nicer when you see someone like Zach Merritt's coming against Hawthorne and you can see why his um, projections have been boosted a little bit there. So, it does kind of make for some interesting uh, reading and having a look through there. But also the breakout tracker. So, Breakout Tracker is a big preseason uh, resource because it shows you from the previous season um, who um, is tracking ahead of the best in the competition. But what's great about it is it updates weekly throughout the season. So as soon as these start, these rookies start playing, they add it to the Breakout Tracker and you can track them against the best in the competition as well. Mm-hmm. We'll also have the uh, points for and against up as well so you can just see who um, is giving up the most points, uh, fantasy points and who is uh, scoring the most fantasy points per, per club and by position as well. So that will help you with the streamers as well so you can actually um, uh, choose which streamers to play against different clubs and see what they're giving up and scoring against them so yeah Um, there might be some more premium resources coming out as well but we just need to wait and see what data is going to be available um, and how I can organise it in certain ways so stay tuned for that but uh, yeah if you're keen to sign up the links are in the description below so yeah check that out Uh, each week uh, we read out some gold members so Caves do you want to take it away sure thing Uh, welcome James Bellet Stefan Husinoff, Adam Child, the Warn Dog, Lorenzo Fokker, and Brendan Scanlon. That's what I mean, man. We've got uh, Selby Lee Steer signed up. Bang. The, the Marrera's Magic. Cha-ching. We have the Warn Dog Cha-ching. signed the up. Second most important guy in <laughs> fantasy football. <laughs> so we've got some big names signed up as members. So if you're not a member, like these are the people, it's the, cali- that the, the caliber of people the that the signed goat up. And the Warn Dog are following Hollywood. Yeah. Exactly. That's how important he is, guys. Yep, yep. Definitely read into that more than it's worth. Anyway, uh, reviews. Um, no new reviews. Again this week. What's going on, people? Uh, we need these to build up the chart. So uh, if you've got an Apple device and you haven't uh, uh, done a review yet, I know you can only do one per device, um, but yeah, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review, five-star rating and do a review. Or just buy another Apple phone. Yeah, that's heaps easier. Just do that. Yeah, Buy definitely. another iPhone and then get another <laughs> review. It's simple. I think you could actually just make multiple accounts. Which is what I do to bag you with them. <laughs> is these all these burner questions that I've been getting lately? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's move on to the listener questions. All right. First question of the night comes from at Isaac underscore WF. Uh, do I start Dylan Moore or Ainsworth round one? With all the Hawks out, I'm leaning uh, Moore's way. Kaze, you own both of these players, so I'm going to let you answer it. I do. Uh, I'm going to back in Benny Ainsworth. Uh, as I touched on before, don't be fooled by that one poor Amy game. Um, wasn't playing his normal role. Um, so I'm reckoning he's going to go straight back into normality there. Um, the other thing is that most leagues will be playing with rolling lockouts. So you actually have the opportunity to loophole uh, Dylan Moore. He plays on Saturday. Ainsworth plays on Sunday. So maybe just put uh, Moore as your forward, um, what is it, not handcuff, uh, uh, loophole, loophole, and uh, see how he goes. If he goes bananas, then, um, you know, 
get Ainsworth off and, and use more score. That's not a bad plan, actually. Yeah, if you could, you could potentially see which one just scores more and, yeah, go for, go from there. Scores more. Yeah. <laughs> At uh, Toddman84, who are you backing to get over the hump and become 2G4P? So I went through just all the players we talked about in the offseason in our club things, and I just mm-hmm. went through players that I thought might uh, be 2G4P, though. I can just see becoming 2G4P before mm-hmm. the end of the season. We could probably revisit these and see what happens. But yeah. so I think Zachy Butters uh, does. I think Nick Caulfield does. I think Sebros across halfback can be an 80 average and therefore 2G4P because that's kind of like the cutoff. Mm-hmm. I think Nank can get back to 2G4P. Um, Taron Thomas can get 2G4P. Will Day, Tom Green, Jeremy Cameron. Big one. Yep. Yeah. Especially early playing, I think he plays a Crows first round with no key defenders in their side. They're yeah. all injured. Zero. Um, that's going to be a bloodbath for the classic players. That's something we really need to consider because uh, he could – Thanks, we're not talking about classic. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Jai Caldwell, um, he's probably the one I'm least confident of in this group. Uh, I know he's going to get bolt midfield minutes, but we just haven't seen him accumulate in the past. Like a lot of these guys are either gun underages or um, people that are kind of dropped back and are going to get, you know, their B2P right now and could mm-hmm. get 2G4P. So interesting. Uh, Dugowie is someone I think you can get in there. And uh, Joe Danaher and Andrew McPherson is the kind of smoky, I think, to get 2G4P. Yeah, you've obviously missed Schoenberg, but that's fine. I'll let, you, I'll let that one slide. Do you reckon any rookies this year will get 2G4P status? Um, can you see someone like Campbell? I can see Goulden, possibly, um, just because he, he could go 80. Um, or, you know, with rookies, you can kind of give them 2G4P if you know that someone's going to keep them the next year because then there's no point talking about them because they're just going to be gone. Yeah, so like, like a sarong. Yeah, if someone just shows enough potential to get there, um, yeah, it's, it's, I reckon a few will be close for sure. Mm-hmm. There always will be. Uh, next question at Carla Guy. Would be thankful to hear your thoughts on Finlay McRae, Brockman and Durden, please. I have picked them up in a deep keeper league but want to grab someone from the waivers and not sure which one to part with. P.S., my team is in rebuild mode. Okay. So, I'll have a look at them individually. So, McRae, like I said before, he looks good in highlights but just doesn't have the fantasy numbers to back him yet. Um, does have the name though. So, I don't mind. Out of those three, I like McRae probably the most out of those three, I reckon. Brotman looks like he's going to be like a really good player, like the new Paul Popolo. Mm. Um, but- that's a good player and not a good fantasy scorer. So, mm. Brockman, I think he's probably – he's he's going to be good. To, I think you probably keep him still as well just because he's going to be playing. Durden's the one, like, I don't know a heap about. Like, not really on my radar when I was looking at draft, uh, draftees. He's only 172 centimetres. So, in, in terms of midfielders, there's very few that become good midfielders at that height. It's like Lockie Neal is the exception because I'm pretty sure he's that height. But I think some of these smaller ones tend to get left behind because they struggle to put on the size. Um, but that doesn't mean like you can't, you know, hack at another position and stuff like that. But I just don't know if he's going to be the fantasy scorer. He played nine games of Sample last uh, league last year and uh, only averaged 51.7. So, for perspective, someone like Dylan Stevens, who we kind of rate highly, averaged 78. So, you know, over 17 points or around 17 points more than him um, in the same competition so I would probably give it a Durden if anything uh, he's at Carlton too isn't he yeah there's a lot of similar players at the yeah. side so it's going to be hard for him to move up the pecking order yeah. just quickly on McRae just because uh, Josh Dunkley's good at fantasy football does that mean Kyle Dunkley's good at fantasy football <laughs> no was it just because uh, was it who was it Travis Close good at football does it mean Cameron Close good at football so you're going to keep McRae over Durden I was going to keep Durden over McRae um no, I think if you're taking the punt on McRae, I think you're keeping him. I think yeah, yeah. Durden's one you can put back and no one's really going to 
no one's going to ban Ollie. No one's even. No one else will no. go after him. Top no thing. Gonna be you could probably re- you repick him up later on if you really want to. Whereas someone will just take McCrown name, and I think yeah. that's where you might lose it. So yeah. I agree with Hef there. Uh, at Ninja Spoon One, uh, genuinely interested on in your thoughts about VC loophole. Is it a strategic tool uh, worth the risk, or should it be removed as it's two bites of the cherry based purely on when teams play? Oh, so if you've got a bit of luck, yes. Like sometimes a, a loophole will work for you one week, sometimes it won't. I think you have to use it, but also with reason. So if you've got a side, and most people have maybe two or three captain options that they can play with each week. So, for example, I'm going to put uh, the VC on McRae this week in my side. He plays Friday night, but uh, I'm lucky enough that I have Luke Parker and Jared Lyons playing on the Saturday. So for me, the risk isn't ridiculously high because if um, you know McRae only makes you know scores 100, well then you know I could take the risk that Parker or Lyons might go higher. But um, for me, I think the loophole is actually more important. Positionally. So, you know, as we were talking about before, like if you have, I don't know, Josh Kennedy on your bench as a forward, yes, he might score 40, but he might score 120. And I think that's where the numbers are more going to be in your favour as loopholing off the bench as opposed to your vice-captain loophole. Yeah, there's going to be more contrast in those kind of loopholing. Yeah. Um, uh, the thing with loopholes, I think if as long as it's even for everyone and because now if you do rolling lockouts, I guess, as long as you're not doing Thursday, yeah. everyone should have, you know, half their team playing by the first half unless you're like someone like uh, Armsy and our team who has all the Richmond players. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yes, if Richmond play early, he's fucked. But um, yeah, look, I think like it's as long as it's everyone can do it, then it's fine. Like yeah. it's, it's only if there's like some sort of actual genuine yeah. loophole that someone can exploit and other yeah. people can't, which it's not. So, And that's just yeah. fantasy football as well. Like, Imagine if you're playing, if you've got playing a guy who's got heaps of Geelong players this week. Unfortunately, they're going to go big because they're playing against the Crows. It's just, it's just how it works. Yeah. Like sometimes you get the the rub of the green, sometimes you don't. Yep, correct. It's yeah, it's fantasy. Uh, at Toby B Ramen Team, how do you rate two first round picks, which is five and six, in a 10 team 20 player league for Luke Davies Uniac? For what it's worth, I received LDU and I'm happy with the trade. Yeah, I think it ultimately depends where your team's at. So. We play in a league that keeps the same. So, like, we're a 10 team. We keep 20 players. Um, I think that's what he means, keeps 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, f- that first two rounders could have gotten you. Like, so if you're having a crack at a flag, you could have gotten Sean Higgins, Rory Sloan. And that's, like, you know, potentially 180 points a week into your side from that um, as opposed to LDU who might get you 85, 90 at best. So, it depends where you're going with it. Um, I think... LDU, when you compare him to some of the rookies this year, it's probably the if, if there's only rookies available in your draft or you feel like everyone's going to go early on rookies in the first round, it's probably the year to do a trade like that because um, LDU is a few years, I guess, ahead. And with the players not actually playing last season or most of them not playing last season, it's could, it could be something that pays off. Um, I think it's probably a little bit overs. Um, but yeah, like I said, it depends where your team's at because – just purely because LDU is pretty injury prone as well. That's the only thing that really worries me. Um, but yeah, like I said, depends where your team's at. It could be good if you're in the rebuild mode, then it's probably fine. But yeah, what do you think? Um, probably you probably got screwed over a touch, but yeah. it really depends on, on your league specifically. Um, like I'm keen on LDU, but I don't know if I'm two first round picks keen on Yeah, LDU. exactly. Like I said, like in the same in a league with the exact same depth, there were some pretty handy players there in the first round if you want to get some good scores in. So, yep. yeah. Um, at Garuda Urban, uh, on a scale of one to groundskeeper Willie, how nuts am I for taking Draper in round seven? 
Forget yes. about groundskeeper Willie. You are Lyle Landley selling monorails crazy. You went I, way too early. Didn't he manage to sell the monorail to? Yeah, but it's a crazy idea. Yeah. So, mate, aren't, aren't, the, aren't the people of Springfield crazy? Fine. The people <laughs> of Springfield are crazy for buying a monorail. I don't know. That was my best crack at a Simpsons reference. Yeah, okay. I don't it mind made it. sense in my head. I don't mind it. Um, yeah, look, round seven for Draper. Um, probably could have gone a bit later. I think the uh, ruck run obviously went, kicked off, didn't it? Yeah, must That's have. any excuse. It must have. Uh, here's another one from Garuda Urban Case. Okay, you want to read this one out? Yeah. Uh, he's also been offered Chera and Fisher <laughs> for Tom Phillips. Uh, he's not overly excited by Fisher, but he does need a forward. Thoughts? Isn't no, so Phillips? I'm assuming he needs uh, Fisher to replace Phillips as a forward. That would be a thing. Oh, okay. Well, no. <laughs> um, I guess because uh, Phillips will lose four status. There's some kind of thinking there. Uh, Chair is going to be pretty good. Chair is going to be pretty good. But Tom Phillips is only 24, yes. isn't he? Yes. And he looks like he's playing a lot of inside footy. And the way he's been scoring is probably shown Big. more. Chair has. I I have Tom Phillips as a top three forward this year. But I then think. he's not a forward after this yeah. year. That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. If you're not in the window, then I think it's fine. If it's you are in the window, then you need to keep Phillips. Yeah. Concur. But Chera, yeah, like it's still pretty even. Like it's still pretty even trade. Um getting Fisher, like is Fisher even that much of a like for like you for example when the twenty third round in our mm. or not a bit earlier than that, twenty something round in our draft, is that that much of a upgrade for I don't know. Is that that much of a sweetener? I don't know. Anyway, don't um, so. yeah, like I said, uh, if you are in the in the window, keep Phillips. If you're not, it could go either way. Yeah. Um, at Dan K one hundred and one, uh, what are your thoughts on Nick Hind and Sam Wicks as keeper options? Uh, just pick them both up off free agency. Um, well, I don't think you can commit to either of them being keepers just yet before the set the ball's been bounced in the twenty twenty one season. But I think. Nick Hine has a pretty safe role if he plays his role well and, you know, is in a real spud. I think that he could easily slot into that uh, Don's back line. The only thing with him is he, he's actually 26, so he's a bit older than most. It's not really the end of the world because 26, he's still got plenty of good footy left in you, but I think he needs a big year this year. Otherwise, it's, um yeah, he's not capable. Wicks is one. He showed a bit late last year, but is he best 22? We've just seen that Sydney are going to blood three recruits uh, this weekend. You know, I'm worried about guys like Wicks or Hewitt or yeah. I don't know. There's a few of those guys who are peripherals who I just don't know where they sit now with that Sydney side until we see the the, the teams come out this weekend. Wicks was in and out last year because, again, sorry to talk about classic, but he was a classic options because he did come in at a stage where everyone needed a rookie. Um, I'm just trying to remember. I think he was pretty in he and out. All the, and I reckon he finished the year off. He did, yeah, and he had one good game towards the end. Yeah, that's right. We talked about him a few weeks ago. Um, had like a eighty toward like a BCV eighty towards the end, so that's kind of spurred everyone on. And then he had that big, huge game a couple of weeks ago in the um, in the mm. preseason game. I yeah, like I said, I still don't know if he's super safe in that best twenty two purely because of the kids they got coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, they got to push three players out. I know Dylan Stevens is injured. I think um, so. There's you know there might be a spot. In there, but yeah, I'm not sure. Sydney's one lineup. I'm very, gonna, I'm going to be very interested in to see. It's like Sydney and like even like the Crows to an extent, and like a few of these teams that are kind of going through their rebuilds. Hawthorne, um, Hawthorne, Hawthorne has still got a few guns in there that are going to stunt a few, and like Tom Phillips coming in. But yeah, there's like and North Melbourne if they can play some of their kind mm. of new kids as well. Um, there's like they 
they're shit for fantasy, but then they become genuinely interesting to see what they do this mm-hmm. year. And they're going to be yeah. like Sydney, especially, and the Crows, I think, as well, are going to be really interesting to watch from a fantasy perspective. See how they go. Uh, at Warnshorm 8, a bloke I know wants Amon in the first round. What should his punishment be? Is, he be- is being a Port supporter enough of a punishment? I think this is uh, intended as a crack at me from old mate Breno here. Now, Breno isn't in LX, <laughs> so I'll, this is even more interesting. Yeah, he's saying a bloke I know, though. It doesn't specifically say it's in his league. Um, look. I would like. I'm going to explain my Amon situation again. We had 215 players taken out of our pool, when you include rookies. Um, I took Amon with my first round, who was the 135th ranked overall on average last year for my last pick player on field. So Carl Amon is pick 225 effective of the draft. Uh, kind of because some of, it depends because some of the rookies aren't better than him, but some rookies are. So it's okay. kind of probably half somewhere somewhere between. Um, but yeah, look, I look as my last pick player. I've got the 135th ranked player overall from last year, who looks like he will benefit if the rules stay the same as they are. I don't I think it's a bad pick. Breno, I think I hate to side with Hollywood more than anything <laughs> in the whole entire world, but I do think that is a good. I, I think, think that a, Carl Amon is a good player. I think there's a bit of a vendetta against uh, Amon here from Breno, but anyway, he must have lost him a final or something. Maybe, like that. maybe something like that. Uh, last question of the night at Traegs. Uh, pick two, Butterick, Buckley, Eli Smith, and Xavier O'Neill. Well, I'm going to go a little bit um, controversial. I'm going to say O'Neill. Um, there's been a lot of talk that he's going to take uh, Shuey's midfield spot where he's kind of missing the first month. So, he's got every chance to kind of cement a spot in that side. We know that Yo's still injured. So, there's a couple of midfield spots around the mark. He did knock out a 64, which is a 80 converted last year against Richmond. So, has kind of shown that he can score and it's his third year too. So, we all know what that means. Uh, but apart from that, look... There's enough to interest me in all of them. You know, I think Butterick's yeah. still two years away from being really relevant. Eli Smith, if he can get a crack at it this year with no rain, sure. But I think that O'Neill is the safest pick of those four. I think I like Butterick purely because he play every week. And I think the rest are kind of going to be pretty speculative to whether you could even keep them each, next year. Whereas Butterick, you know, he play each week and he'll move, in, he'll move into his third year next year. So that's probably my thinking long term. Take the guy him. in the third year, ready to go. In the third year. I'd, yeah, like I said, I'll take the guy who's going to come into his third year playing 40 games worth of football already. X, um, get on the X, man. <laughs> oh, look, I, look, it's plausible. I don't mind. But I just, yeah, that's my thinking behind it. Anyways, guys, that's a wrap. So a bit uh, shorter than last week's episode, but I'm sure our listeners will be pleased and you can get home to that bed That was a one early. remedy kombucha yeah, episode. Yeah, not a seven episode. No. So, yeah. I still was cram four in, so it's fine. <laughs> um, all right, we'll bring on round one, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's coming on Thursday night. So. Team's out tomorrow night. I'm excited. I'm excited to see who's playing my team this week. Yeah, it should so be good to be see, see who I can loophole. I'm planning on loopholing Zach Fisher and seeing how he goes. If, if he makes the best I'm 22. Sure he'll be named. If he makes the best anyway, 22. Uh, check us out on our socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check out our website, uh, keeperleaguepod.com.au. Make sure you're getting around all those bonus resources. And if you're not a member, make sure you get on board that so you can check those out and uh yeah next time we'll talk to you it will be the end of round one and i will have won my first round league game and Kays would have got pummeled by his arch rival so um, (laughs) anyways we'll talk to you next week and uh yeah enjoy the footy see you guys